halfway there. You either got less hair or more coming out everywhere. Getting more deaf, worrying about death. All the tires you got are spare. Unexplained coffin while choosing your coffin. Getting some laughs in and choking on taffy. Squeaking more than a dolphin. Rolling at the kids, soiling undies with skids. Wondering if we fucked it up, can we still make the mic drop? Genexing, texting, vexing, exiting. But not yet, not yet. We're just halfway there. Halfway there. Hi, I'm Kim Gaynor. Hi, I'm Jenny Tear. Hi, I'm Camilo Fantasia, and this is Half Baked There, a half the episode of Halfway There, a podcast about the new middle age. La 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 la, Half Baked There, la 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 la. It sounds Hi. so naughty. Like it sounds naughty. A, yeah, you have a half C. I'm telling. I'm like. I'm aiming to like dethrone. I don't know. Like some radio early morning personality. So I'm working on it. I'm working toward that. Half C just sounds like perverted. <laughs> it's like uh, a. It's like a nooner. It's like um. It's like not a, a boner and not a softy. It's like a a half C. Yeah, half C, or yeah. maybe like we're gonna do it, but only halfway. So like. <laughs> That was most of my adolescence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I do. Um, I nooner is not a word you hear a lot, Kim. I, when we were I, in college, very old fashioned. When we were in college, did you ever go see the Jeff Daniels joint nooner at his theater at his small theater about an hour north of Ann Arbor? I forget what town that was in. Purple what it was Rose. Called. Purple Rose. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God! Of the now canceled Woody Allen movie. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful movie, actually. Sorry, guys. What's that one about? It's about the silent movie stars that like jump off the screen. It's a really great film. What's the name of the film? Suicide? Purple Rose of Cairo. Oh, right, Um, right, right. What do you mean they jump off the screen? I mean, in the, the film is about these... It's about a movie theater, the Purple Rose, which is, I think, where you're talking about. Because if I remember correctly, it takes place in the Midwest. And in the movie, the the movie actors, the movie stars are in a movie and they come out of the movie. It's really lovely. It's okay. Do they die when they come out of the movie? No, they they don't. And I, I don't remember that much more about it. It's been okay. like 20 years do they stay, are they are they black I don't think I've ever seen this one do they black stay and black white. and white yeah Mia Farrow's in it of course um and Jeff Daniels and it's actually and he's and Woody Allen is not in it you know as the creeping nebbish I yeah mean, that was the nebbish uh, sex symbol anyway yeah that's good. Um, um, you're, sorry. you're giving me such strong like my grandma is is um skyping me vibe right now cutting off like a third of your face <laughs> i love that's being- normally me only for <laughs> comfort's sake i love being compared to your grandmom uh camilo please do that more often uh well my grandmothers were well one was very attractive and the other one was apparently an artichoke i think i've talked about this on the podcast before don't tell me which one i am let me just okay wait one was an artichoke 
One was told she was an artich that she looked like an artichoke when she was born. And then throughout her life, they kept teasing her about it. And it like she was deeply traumatized by this. Wait a minute. I mean, when you say artichoke, all I think is like tasty vegetable that's hard to eat. I don't think ugly. In fact, I think they're quite attractive. Like, yeah, that's just a oh. weird thing to describe ugliness with. Well, I wish you could have. I wish you could have been around to tell her this because she did not take it in any positive. Um, I would have whatsoever. Are you kidding? With some like butter sauce or Holland? I mean, artichokes delicious. I love an artichoke. Artichoke is delicious in every way, shape, or form. Really, part of the thistle family. Yeah, I think I think they're beautiful. Yeah, people don't like being compared to vegetables. Just if you had to be compared to vegetable, which one do you think would be the most, mm-hmm. um, you know, attractive or complimentary one? A really large cucumber. Oh, God, it always comes back to that. <laughs> Just kidding. OK, so to really answer the question, OK, um, how about like a really beautiful, like orange pepper? I mean, like a bell. I mean, like a bell pepper, you know, like a sinuous looking bell pepper it's got all those smooth like curvaceous yeah um that's very hard i keep thinking of an eggplant but i don't want to be <laughs> making like camilo's dad jokes but i, I honestly <laughs> think that they're very beautiful with between that like jewel like deep you know onyx purple color and the sheen and everything and the and the roundness, I think they're very beautiful. And I don't associate them with like phallic things because most of the eggplants I've seen are not like that long. They're they're like wide and kind of squat, you know. So anyway, yeah. what about you, Jen? <laughs> this, is, this is a real like getting it's like let's all pretend we're getting high in our dorm room <laughs> like, oh my god man what kind of vegetable would you be um, important yeah maybe a, a lovely bok choy because we just oh. bought them at a farmer's market oh. i don't know kim asparagus because it stays with you when you pee you'll remember me oh my um, god i love that so much <laughs> I'm going to, yeah, uh, I'm going to go for asparagus. Okay. Like yep. just the one or a bunch? Just the one, the individual <laughs> strand. I the guess. skinny ones, right, Jen? Always. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I I'm, I much prefer the skinny ones. Mm-hmm. Don't we all? Yeah. Um, no, I, no pun, no joking, joking, joking. Um. Speaking of, did you hear, did you, did you all keep abreast of the momentary? Everything is literally, we've gone from a, like a 24 hour news cycle to like a 24 minute news cycle, but there was some like brief eruption of controversy over the woman that they chose for the, what Sports Illustrated. Oh God, do I need to Google it? Intern, uh, Google. <laughs> no idea. Oh, you guys uh, no. Wait, oh, is it, te- uh, who is it? Yuri There's like a million people. That's that's the thing with Sports Illustrated. They 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 have like five, 15 different covers half the time, or it I seems know. like it. Um, who is it? She's a, a plus-size model, and... Because there, there are a few. There's Kim Kardashian, there's Ciara, there's 
Maya Musk. Is it, is it Yumi New? That's it. Okay. That's She's it, beautiful. Yeah. There's she controversy. Yeah, that, you know, she was, she's a bigger woman and that there was, you know, some. I I well, somebody on somebody on Twitter had a take on this. What that's that's really surprising. The thing is, they've been doing like not mainstream models for a long time now. Yeah. For at least yeah. five, six, maybe 10 years. So like if you're you know, backwoods redneck guy and you want your red-blooded American blonde and nobody else, then just go fucking buy Guns and Beaver magazine and be done and with it. Like like a redneck guy, they're not with, I mean, the women, yeah, like rural America, judging from Vermont, which has a MAGA streak, they're, they're not like, they're- This Yumi new person would be a literal goddess not oh, even no. having her feet touch the ground where they come from like are they kidding I was, who, who's, who's complaining it was a canadian guy named jordan peterson who made a, a controversial remark who lives in like toronto so it wasn't like somebody with a sawed off shotgun you know and the women in in uh america in the heartland tend to be bigger women in the cities are a lot thinner okay well having just come back from the ozarks and being an expert in what people in the heartland look like i will tell you some of the thinnest women you'll ever see are in the heartland it may be due to some kind of chemical yeah no oh no no Uh, other symptoms of thinness include browning and loss of teeth um erratic oh. body movements you mean opioid addiction yes or like and meth. Meth. And meth. Yeah. yeah okay well but you're right there's very little middle it's a larger or like quite quite unwell looking in a thin way which it's quite the contrast. Uh, it's uh, it's um, not a portrait of a terribly healthy uh, society. I'll put it yeah. that way. Just the fact that yeah. you have either morbid obesity or yeah. people who are like on the verge of overdosing. Don't know. It's that uh, strikes me as being a somewhat um, good indicator that you have real social problems. The healthiest looking people I saw were all the Mennonites at Walmart. So that might be that might be not at all surprising in any way, shape or form, though. Looking great. (laughs) What'd you say? Looking great. Of course they are. So are the Mormons. So are a lot of very insular religious groups because they have they tend to have rules where, well, inbreeding aside, (laughs) they tend to have rules that uh, cut out a lot of things that are you know bad for you do you think the men look as like i'm curious because when i was back in new york i walked through south williamsburg which is all um hasidic which is a pretty insular you know religious community and um i think the women generally look better than the men. <laughs> um well i i wonder i i'm definitely not a an expert on that really specific community. I don't really want to like shoot off at the mouth, but I wonder, like, I wonder what religious groups, like, I wonder how many of those men aren't just doing whatever the fuck they want when they want to do it. You know what I mean? And how that varies across 
religious groups, if that is something that factors into how how one looks or how one's health is reflected in their looks. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I will say when I used to swim, okay, since you want to talk about swimming, uh, the Metropolitan Pool in Williamsburg, they would have like, well, they would have hours set aside specifically for the Hasidic women. Um, And I met a woman there and she was really nice. The one thing I really liked about that pool is it was like a real true cross section of people. It was kind of an amazing place in that way. It was 150 for the year. It was like, uh, you know, run through New York parks and rec. I would go like three or four times a week. And this particular woman, I mean, she had a lot of children. It, it had done a real number on her, on her body. And she needed to swim like even outside of the prescribed hours for the, the, you know, Orthodox women, because she needed, she had like really intense issues with veins in her legs and she'd had like eight children. So and did she get some sort of medical exception or something? Is that what she, happened? Oh, yeah, she basically would swim with the secular women, I noticed, you know, and she was like, I'm she basically said, oh, I, I, I've effectively been given permission to kind of go outside the hours. I thought, I thought it was women only, but any women for that hour or whatever. I can tell you it is impossible to swim because it's like coffee clatch hour in the pool. They just bob and talk to each other, which is totally fine, but it's not like hardcore lap swimming. Okay. Wait, but what, what, but what Camilo just asked though, is there legitimately an hour just for Orthodox women or is it all women? Okay. So it was just, they basically close all of the, like they close the curtains so you can't see into the pool. They pick out all of the, all of the men and secular women can stay, but. (laughs) You don't. It's an obstacle course. It sounds like. It's not exactly, I think, welcome. Okay. So now we know that, look, I had no idea you were such a hardcore swimmer. Like, how am I just learning this? So I assume you like, you're like a fast lane now swimmer since you've been doing it for so long. Cause I don't, I think that there's like the faster lanes, the, the middle yeah, and the slower lanes. Middle and slow, basically. Okay. I mean, am I a fast swimmer? <laughs> I can just see you tearing. What tearing lane are you off. in? Yeah. What lane are you in? Fast lane, but I'm not a fast. I mean, oh, they're... she's in the fast lane. I. Oh, she, oh, no, she just doesn't want to brag. Yeah. Why are you? So reluctant. <laughs> Kim is as we're talking about my my vigorous swimming practice. Kim is lifting weights. You made her feel insecure. Now she feels like she's got to develop her upper body <laughs> to compete. No, not insecure. Your motivated why do you always have to frame everything in in terms of some outdated uh our our listeners women picking at each other narrative no we're all picking at each other i want to be no our listeners want conflict our listeners want drama no they don't all getting along i was motivated and inspired by jen's fast lane swimming and that therefore i took up my weights 
I also, it's making me, it's making me feel insecure. I don't want to see your biceps. I'm going to have to turn off your video. I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to have to. You're going to have to do that. I'm in control. You need to put your (laughs) pants on Camilo and um, do the maximum workout. Uh, Swimming is very meditative and fun. I don't know if it's necessarily the best exercise. I think I heard that women as they age should definitely do weightlifting. Doing weightlifting. Oh, come now we know Kilo is one of those completely innoxious men in the gym that has to like grunt like his like anus is expanding to the size of a supernova every time he lifts a weight and then make a big freaking deal out of it or drops them. Oh, I can't stand those people. That's me. Horny. Oh, speaking of which, okay, wait, wait, wait. I do have a legit question to ask you guys. Has anybody been keeping up with the monkeypox story? I thought you meant with the Kardashians. I was like, no, not recently. No, no, that's their spinoff is called Keeping Up with the Monkeypox. Um, so <laughs> I've not been watching, but Jen, I have been <laughs> listening to the news a little bit. Um, it's kind of oh, insane. Is- it kind what? of. I've been deliberately ignoring it. Okay, well. It's something, okay, so it is coming out, hold on, in turn, Google this, one moment, <laughs> all right, turn will have us some, uh, some information for us, okay, so this is what they're saying, uh, the European Center for Disease Prevention and Control, I guess that's the European counterpart part of the CDC, I've actually never seen this before, so it says, Monkeypox is not spread easily between people. Human-to-human transmission occurs through close contact with infectious material from skin lesions of an infected person, through respiratory droplets and prolonged face-to-face contact, and through fomites. They also, don't bother to, also making to say out with, what a fucking fomite is, but... Making out fomite. with monkeys. Making out with monkeys is not advisable. Okay, Even but how- do you guys know what a fomite is? A fomite. No. Yeah, it's it's like a mite, but not real. It's a fomite. Okay, mite. stop it. Yeah. Mute. The predominance in the current outbreak uh, also, and this is eerie, uh, of diagnosed human MPX, that's a monkey, that's short for monkeypox, cases, uh, is among men having sex with men. So what does this remind us of all over again, you guys? Hmm. Um... Let me think. Gonorrhea, crabs, syphilis. Maybe all of those too, but Uh, I was thinking HIV AIDS. Yes. Yeesh. Mm. And the thing is, it's just weird how, okay, it's a, it's, it's, we're framing this as an STD. Like it's, it's weird. I guess it is because it's lesions. And just like some of those things you mentioned, gonorrhea, syphilis, like a lesion that's open on the body can uh, transfer through sex. Mm-hmm. But it seems like an odd way to frame it if you could also get it through droplets. And I've seen, I've seen some chatter on the interwebs where people are like, don't worry, it's just, it's just transmitted. It's just tr- transmitted between men who have sex with men. Well, we all know how that worked out with HIV AIDS. Yeah. Like, 
are people just dumb? Like they just don't remember something that happened not that long ago. It's strange. Um, so, yes, people are excellent at that. I, I believe we have shown again and again that people people have very short term memory in terms of what just happened like 20, 30 years ago. But and even really big things like fascism and all of that. So, yes, I am willing to believe that people are pretty clueless. The good news is young people are not having very much sex anyway. They're just going on OnlyFans. So we might be all right. Depressive asexuality is going to save us in the end. <laughs> well, young people might be all right, but like other people have sex. The old are our, our, the our are fucking. <laughs> yeah, our generation is fucking, and so are older generations. So are the boomers. They're all fucking. HIV <laughs> also there. There's in recent years there have been spikes in older populations, and literally the campaign has been. Um, your age is not a cure for HIV or AIDS, or it's not a prevention. Right. I think you, know, you, you the campaign should be like, nobody wants to see you fucking, including you. <laughs> I it actually, Kim, you bring to mind a, a stat that I read several years ago. I don't know if this is still holds, but it probably does. It's is that the greatest concentration of STDs in the United States is in Florida's The Villages, the uh, notorious retirement, huge, sprawling retirement community. I mean, it spans several towns, famously Trump-loving, famously Trump-loving, but famously horny community. That's exactly what I've been talking about. Older people think that they're immune from things like AIDS yeah. and a whole host of other STDs Maybe they're and they're not. I'm 85. I'm going to fuck. And if I go out and with monkey pox, so be it. <laughs> I'm- no, fuck that. Monkey yeah. pox sounds, it sounds really, <laughs> I mean, have you seen pictures of it? It's horrifying. Yeah. I saw one picture and I decided that I didn't want to know anything more about the story. Yeah. I've been keeping myself willingly ignorant on this one. Me too. I've, I literally saw a headline. I was like, nope. The yeah. thing is you know. like, I was on a call with my family yesterday and I was telling them about the monkeys in the backyard and that they're like, so monkey pox. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not going to come from the monkeys. The monkeys says it's going to come from tourists. There are no, there's no monkey pox here. Monkey oh, pox will come from. Monkey pox. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to come from a randy 60 year old British woman. No, it's going to come oh, from a gross Brit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, baby. I thought that she, I didn't realize I get monkey pox. <laughs> it's disgusting i'm looking at pictures right now and yeah. of course they're all just trying to like uh you know keep calm and everything but this is how everything starts yeah. for every pandemic every you know scourge well it's yeah it's just a few people we try to identify a sort of like marginalized people that it real most of those people are the ones that are going to get it oh it's just gay men oh it's just it's just old and and unhealthy people that's what they do for every single disease that ever fucking becomes pandemic um i wonder do you think we're entering into an age of perpetual pandemics 
maybe that's kind of a scary thought well um i don't think we can travel internationally even more than we have already i don't know um because that's what does it right it's globalism and international connections although the 1918 flu pandemic wasn't what's that internationalism or it was international there was a lot of movement lots of immigration at that time yeah Um, huge amount of people coming to the u.s i mean that i mean we're way past that point though like global populations of people have been mobile for a really long time you know even a hundred years ago yeah like even 1918 so we're way past the point of being like oh like globalism has is the reason why we're that's not the reason that's a that's that's a it's an accelerator that's a a vector accelerator but that's not that's not the cause it's not the cause although it seems to me quite indisputable that had the chinese government been a lot more honest about COVID 19 i think things would have perhaps turned out a a little differently maybe shelby we never will know. We will never know a lot of things about that. But I, I do think if they'd said this is absolutely deadly and airborne and instead of um, pretty much lying about it, you know, I think um, other governments would have acted with more alarm and would have acted acted quicker. But yes, but maybe maybe a little bit. But again, I, I have to like think human nature is just it's the fucking worst, you know, that the first instinct is to cordon off a group of people, even if it's a whole fucking nation, a billion people like China and say, it's just them. It's just them. You know, I Although think. I do, yeah. I mean, I do think it's interesting that when the pandemic hit though, my instinct was close the borders, stop letting people in. Which we did at some point, but it was too late. Every, every nation state did. I mean, I just think that's interesting. Right. Well, that's not rapid science. That's that's how things move around. I know. But in the face of like the idea that somehow nations shouldn't have borders, to me, it's interesting that the instinct is, of course, they should. And whose instinct is it that nations shouldn't have borders? I mean, that's a that's a very that's a very active conversation going along. I mean, happening. Sure. Like, I'm aware of that conversation, but like. I don't know how many. I think it's a very, very fringe opinion. Yeah. Exactly. I don't. I don't know, but it is a fringe opinion. But it is. It is. I, it is. I think the idea that you, because you're born in a certain place, your life is going to be at a huge disadvantage. That's something that we need to work on. Um, it has nothing to do so much with borders as just like creating opportunity for people who, because it's nobody's fucking fault to be born in a developing country, and struggle, right? But anyway, that's just. <laughs> socialist that's the republicans think that it fucking is no no i know let's put it out there they're fucking nuts they do think it's their fault they do think that they've been blessed by jesus to live in the united states Mm -hmm. and if other people die and and have to deal with the the consequences of their fucking stupid actions so fucking be it it's god ordained okay i will i agree with you but also this is a point of controversy in every single country Mm -hmm. it is a immigration there's always an ignorant element yes of course no one's saying there isn't 
It's not always ignorance, though. It and is ignorance. That, Do we know the definition of ignorance? Ignorance means it I is. I don't always think that. I think that immigration is 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 nuanced and complicated. And no and, one's saying it isn't, Jen. I'm. So, I'm. I. I. And that's not even what I was talking about. That that's not even what I was talking about. I was talking about right wing Republicans, which are analogous to lots of different groups around the world, as we know, right-wing populist people who, who want to cordon themselves off, who think that white, the white race is disappearing, who think that they're superior, who are a lot of them, a lot of it has to do with white supremacy, but not always. Um, they think that they, a lot of this has to do uh, with them thinking that they are God ordained to be superior over other people. That really, that wasn't talking well, what's about. That, what's that called? What's the, what's the exceptionalism? What about, countries, what about countries that aren't white where, where immigration is a flashpoint? I, I, I made an, I, I said that it's not always having to do, I said it's largely to do with white supremacy, but, but not always. So I think that pretty much covers it. What's the, what's that American exceptionalism that that term the um, that I'm looking for? It's predestined, ordained. What is it? Destined, it's manifest, manifest, destiny. manifest, destiny. Yeah, that's what Kim's talking about. It's like there's something unique. Yes, I, I agree that it occurs elsewhere. I think we all agree. But there's there is something unique in the United States. This manifest destiny thing. That it's makes not it in the United States. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Where's the birthplace of colonialism? It's in Europe. Yes. Okay. We're talking. No. 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 We're I'm talking about. Ish. Let's I'm talk about, about now. About, Let's I'm, talk I'm, about I'm, now. I'm talking about white supremacy in Europe. If they even experience like a one, we're not talking about immigration, or at least I wasn't talking about immigration. I'm talking about Europe, though, specifically, though. Right, when, well, I was talking like, about white supremacy, supremacy. Talk about it in Europe. I have family members in Europe who can tell you that if there's any kind of... I already... I, that, Jen, Jen, no out. one's arguing with you. I'm not. I, I, I don't know if you're listening to what I said, but I said it's occurring all around the world. I said that right-wing populism is analogous to a lot of different movements all around the world, many having to do with white supremacy, but not all of them. I think that pretty much covers it, Jen. Okay, then that's pretty accurate. But okay, let's talk about what about what happened in China, which I remember you were specifically really upset about how they were treating um, African immigrants there. Whites, uh, listen. Nobody's arguing with you, Jen. Black Nobody's people are at the bottom you. of the barrel. Black, black people, that's that's white supremacy, Jen, whether you realize in it China? or not. Even, even, yes. In China? Yes. It's, no, yes, it's not. Jen. Yes, it's it is. It is. If you it's would not, like to listen, everything. I can explain it to you. But if you would like to just not listen, then fine. Sorry. The way that the world has sorted itself out, the way that the Western world, which has been full of white people thinking that they are, um, you know, enabled by God to conquer other people and that those people are dirty and that those people are inferior has not just, has, has not just affected the way white people think it is yes, affected the way that those Genghis, very people that they question. were conquering okay at, but Genghis Khan, a white guy it's it's what 
I mean, do you do you think that it's solely like some part of white? Yeah, yes, no, Jesus Collins that... was not a white guy. But but I I I think that there are are large parts of history, and what I'm talking about is the history of European colonialism uh, across the world, and that's one part of history that I'm talking about. Yes, I know that there are. Genghis Khan was an Asian of, you know, he, he conquered and he killed. And I, I'm not saying that this didn't exist in other parts of the world, but who who's running shit? It's not it's not Mongolia, uh, Jen. Not now. No, it's not now. Not now. But I did. I, I guess I, I think that the idea that it's solely based on one group's. I don't know. It's not solely based on one group's anything. It's not solely based on one thing. It's not solely based on one people. It's just what we're dealing with right now. You can't accept that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not disputing that. I'm well, not. So what's, what is the big, what is the big resistance to this? It's very defensive. And I want to know where it's coming I think it's from. ultimately, I think people, I think ultimately groups, monolithic groups generally crave power and they act in that interest is this white guilt because no, it's not because it, but because it sounds like it because it's almost like it's it's whataboutism like it's no one's talking about the span of history of we know that traditionally one group has you know subsumed and conquered another group like if that's what you want me to say and acknowledge it's acknowledged but what are we dealing with right now? We're dealing with Western society, which is a dominant Caucasian people conquering and, and having little concern for the rest of the world who, who are made up of all kinds of other people of different colors. Okay, I have a, I have an, a can question. I, uh, can I interject? Yeah. I think that there is something unique, uh, going back to Kim's original point about Republicans in the United States. Yes, there is a level of white supremacy, supremacy, whatever, in every country around the world. But there's something truly unique at the, about the way it manifests here in the United States. And it's that manifest destiny thing that I was trying to explain. You don't go to any other country in the world and they go, Britain, fuck yeah, best country in the world, man. Same in France, same in, yeah, there might be a subsection, but not a huge swath of the population who are like. They might think it, but they don't. You don't, you don't think it. sun never sets on the British Empire? is a No, no, I'm talking about right now, the product of post-World War II United States for a yes, long time. Now. Yeah. yeah, I'm talking about yeah, our, our current era. Our, our current era, we're in a toxic era of American exceptionalism where it's become a fever pitch. What? I said it's complete. It's not backed up by anything. I mean, well, no, is, no, I, I agree. It's that's, that's, that's the thing. It's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah. That we don't have health insurance. We don't protect yeah. our most vulnerable. We don't. But still, this idea persists, especially among Republicans, as Kim says. And everything, you don't think and, Obama's speech were peons to American exceptionalism? I mean, to his like, I loved the speeches. I thought they were. Uh, beautiful, but they were absolutely steeped in rhetoric about American exceptionalism. I don't listen to American speech. I don't listen to speeches. Never spoke, 
You never listened to Obama's speeches? I think I, I read them. I think that there's a difference. I think that Jen has a point, but I don't think that it, they were I don't, I think speeches. there's a difference between they, they, saying we're special people, um, keeping special and, uh, and we're special people kill and conquer. I do think that there's a, there's a, there's a difference. There's a, in tone, in intent, and they, they might both, both be misguided, but but the the Republican version is toxic. It is spawning these white supremacists that are going into churches, that are going into fucking grocery stores and murdering people that look just like me. Mm-hmm. So I do not want to obscure or muddy the water. That is exactly what's happening. Oh, it's horrific what's happening. I think the Republican Party is absolutely cretinous. Yeah. And that's, that's, what I'm, that's what I was saying. All parties ascribe to American exceptionalism. I just do. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I absolutely agree with that. One's toxic <laughs> and deadly and one's not. Yeah. You know, one, one, one know, drone bombing like entire Arab families, which Obama famously did, like fucking wedding parties in Afghanistan. You don't think it was toxic and deadly to them? I mean, I, I he think was, he was. I, I think it's a little bit of a red herring for you to bring. Yes, it is known as, literal, as the literal drone president. You don't think to those people in those yes, uh, drones were a bad idea. The war was a bad idea. The way that it was carried out was a bad idea. But I know, but you, those think, those, but you, like, but you <laughs> making the statement. Uh, Obama wanted to to bomb wedding parties. It's just fucking ridiculous, Jen. Now he, give me a fucking that, break. That, that's not, he ha, was had a record of being absolutely ruthless about drone bombing in Afghanistan. This is there are tons of news articles about this. Like to me, I think that ultimately, if you become like part of the Death Star, like if you end up manning the Death Star, like you do become Darth Vader. Like I agree, I, I agree, yeah. and also I, I don't think. think- Listen, yeah. you are talking to the only expat here. I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to fucking pull rank every time you guys start waxing, you know, yes. on about this. I fucking know this, Jen. I fucking detest it, which is why I'm not fucking there. So I'm gonna drop the mic with that. <laughs> I also don't think that we're good mic, mic drop, very loud. I I don't think that the I think again you're extrapolating we are talking about i think what we're talking about is the treatment of united states citizens to their fellow countrymen if they don't look like them and what, one of the things that i find no 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 hold on hold on one of the things that i find ironic about all of this is that literally second generation say mexican immigrants are completely americanized they're comp- almost entirely yeah they maintain their own cultural aspects and so on but but they become integrated and then third generation, they become Republican. So the irony is that all of this vituperation toward people who don't look like you is that everybody ends up getting absorbed into the system. And it's going back to Kim. It's like, so then the whole problem is they just don't look like me, which is fucking insane. And yes, I also agree with you that what is happening in the Middle East, what happened, what the whole, it's horrible, but that's not, I think what we're talking about, I think we're talking about what's happening within our own borders and what people think is the our right own this country. homegrown problems. Yes. Yeah. What people should be here, what people should not be. Here. I'm sorry. I think they're connected. I do. 
I think ultimately when you become a military power, the way that we've done it in terms of like being at, in perpetual war, I do think the war follows you home. I do. And that's what happened in Rome. And like, I think that's what happens with empires. And I think that's what's happening here. I don't think you can, I don't think you can disconnect our militarism abroad from what has ultimately happened in this country. I, I really okay, do. Okay, but you're also kind of speaking at it to two sides of your mouth because because in response to that, I could say, well, what about this these right-wing elements exactly like here all around the world, which is what you would have countered to something I said. I mean, so well, why why are they why are like right-wing governments erupting all over the world? Right, exactly. I mean, I think part of it is like the. Did we, we did we do all of that? I mean, you could say we've done a lot of it. Yeah, we're connected to a lot of it. Come I mean, on. certainly like the neoliberal model has been replicated all over the world. And it seems to that kind of austerity seems to have led to a lot of misery. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm not going to let the entire, you know, British Empire off the hook. Um, I'm not going to let Germany off the hook. I'm not going to let France off the hook and say that we did all of that. No, no, no. I don't think we did. That's not what I'm arguing. That's not what I'm saying. I, I don't think we did. Um, I'm talking about more contemporary like models of why like right wing, why there's right wing populism that seems to be emerging all over the planet and not just in white countries like the Philippines. Um, I'm trying to think, yeah, Turkey, um, where else? Uh, Brazil, which is, I think, minority majority country. Minority majority what? What do you mean? I'm sorry, I don't understand. Brazil is mainly, it's mainly non-white from what I understand. It's not like a white country. It's- well, they don't, they don't, they don't from what I understand, which might not be completely correct. So if- as someone who lived in Brazil didn't even tell me, but from my understanding is that they don't, they don't in any way ascribe to our notions about what's black and white um, in Brazil. There's colored people, there's nuances, there's a, a million yeah. different other um, categories of, of people's racial classifications that we just don't have the nuance for here yep. in the U.S., so. But I will tell you, the wealth and the power compare. is concentrated in the lightest-skinned people. It is. Yes. As it is yes. in most of all of Latin that, America. And, really. and that goes back to my point that white supremacy exists in places where even there are no white people, believe it or not, or very few, or people who are in the minority. Yeah, India is another country with like a right-wing strong man. White supremacy is strong there, very strong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no, I mean, that's colonialism. That's the history of self, it, you know. Even before uh, that, I, I, believe the case, I believe the case system predates colonialism even. And, and the darker caste, yes. Yeah. And the darker skinned people are at the bottom. Also, in, in I didn't know this, but you can't convert to Hinduism. You have to be born into it. And there's a whole hierarchy within like Hindu. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. here we have it. Fact of the day. See, we are educational. I didn't. I do happen to know somebody who's like she's connected to a bunch of Hindu priests, and she says it's really, it's very intense. 
in terms of like the hierarchy and the caste system. And, and it's the, it's like Judaism. You can't be, you can't convert to, I think you, you you can convert to Judaism though. Right, right, right. But it's like you, they don't, it's not like they evangelize, like, like Southern Baptists. That's it. They They don't don't really want you. If you beg them, they might let you, but you have to do a lot. You, and it's usually because you're marrying a, Yes, exactly. You know, and I think it's the same with like, yeah, you, you'll notice, have you ever met an evangelizing hin- Hindu? I've met <laughs> no. Ari no. but I've never met like a, a, I've never seen like Hindus on the street trying to get converts um, in Harry Krishna. Oh. No, again, that's like, I think it's an American phenomenon, this like trying to get converts thing. <laughs> Um, I mean, I will never forget. I will, I will tell you guys, I don't know, this is sort of, it is related, but not exactly about conversion, but it's just the level of ignorance, my ignorance at this point about, I remember I was, you know how I love Halloween, Jen, and like, I hate to admit this, but it was just like, (laughs) a learning slap in the face I was young like I was in my 20s I was at a bar and I was like I think I want to be um be Kali the destroyer for Halloween and there happened to be a man sitting next to me who was like like basically the bitch was like parenthetical silent but it was like bitch that's my god Mm. And I was like, um, I wanted to cheat. I wanted to fucking sink down into my chair and die. Um, so, uh, yeah, like they don't want us. <laughs> and but 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 I but I, I think what I was going to say before you said that is like, I how do I put this? I respect every religious person's like their right to believe whatever they believe but i'm going to have to say as a person that is not a religious person the um burden of like freedom or lack thereof is on the people who don't believe not the religious people we make all kinds of accommodations for all kinds of religious people no matter what the fuck you think no matter how illegal shit is that you're doing no matter how many people you're bilking out of money um hello scientology you know they give you a tax status and you do whatever the fuck you want i think we really need to start thinking more about non-religious people and their rights because religious people are doing terrible shit all the time and i'm not lumping all religions together but yet i am religion is a way that people kind of fall into a group think at its worst at its worst and people can do terrible things in the name of religion um listen send the hate mail whatever (laughs) i don't give a fuck at halfway there the podcast at gmail.com any attention is good attention we crave it we want it um as a as a now officially certified homosexual. They I, certify I, you for that? Is that when I, they give you the toaster? Yes, I got I got the toaster and um, the double-headed dildo. Um, so the um, well, I don't know what the second head is for. I just realized that doesn't not helpful. Um, the, my business is now LGBT certified. <laughs> Whoop. 
And uh, yes, I, oh, I take cool. that whoop. But no, I, I heartily second that. I mean, there are lots of places on this planet, if not half or most of them, where I could not be openly gay. So any traditions slash religions that don't tolerate that, I say fuck off. I'm sorry. That's the majority of them, Camila. Yeah, yeah. Well, but but I mean, like, yeah, I mean, you know, the Roman Catholic Church frowns upon it, but at least... No, they don't frown upon it. If you're Roman Catholic and you're gay, they tell you, if you're going to straight, straight to H-E double... Hockey sticks, yes, yes. do not and, pass go. And all the and all the gays know that that's where Going the fun. That's where the fun party people are. So that's where we all want to go anyway. If not it exists. fun, hell isn't fun. Why do people always try and spin this? Hell is not fun. That's why it's hell. There's not it, like all the cool people there. It doesn't stop, exist. Stop allowing them to abuse people if they do want to ascribe to a religion who are trapped in it and could be gay and sitting there thinking I'm going to burn in like 40,000 degrees of fucking yeah. torturous hell eternity forever. Yes. Can you what imagine I mean, what that is, the, what that effect is on a person's psyche? Correct. I agree if somebody truly believes in that. What I'm trying to say is that I can go to the Vatican and hold hands with another man. And it's unlikely that I will come under any physical abuse. Maybe, so, maybe true, but I feel like there's other forms of harm that are also really important. Yeah. Psychological. Well, um, look, here's the truth, though. For many people, religion is, is very comforting. Yeah, That's I agree. That's good for them. Let yeah. them not use it to hurt other people. Yeah. I know lots of very w- wonderful religious people. So, hey, Absolutely. And okay, there's I, like I, I, every I, I, every I, I, other church. They don't, need, they don't need taken up for the people that like that, like me, who were raised in a very oppressive religious background and still have to fucking have to fend for myself and have to uh, have to take up for myself and defend myself every freaking time I'm confronted with these people who, whom I love. No one's fucking thinking about me. They're always thinking about the religious people. Why are they the ones that are in this position of being correct? Because when I'm minding my own damn business. Because six, what is it? Six or five Supreme Court justices are Catholic. Like how many of them are Catholic? They're not only Catholic. They're like the super creepy doctrinaire weird Catholics. They're like the Opus Dei Catholics. They are the they are the really weird inner ring Catholics. And maybe there's something about politics that like links up with sort of an aggressive religious personality that's like, well, I need to impose my beliefs and I need and I have to do that through power. Because yeah because we're losing our grip on you know the electorate or whatever. Um, a purely secular society, though, is I don't know. I mean, no I'm one's torn. saying that, Jen. Yeah. I, what I'm saying is religious people need to learn to mind their own business. Stop uh, gathering in the name of whatever your God is to kill people that you don't like and stop using your scripture, of which there are thousands to, to impact the choices that I make with my body. Do you? I'm doing me. That's all I'm asking. No one's asking for like a non-religious society. I'm not. And in many ways, I envy religious communities because there's immediately 
I said it's sense of community. There's people you can turn to. There's a are they, is there support. no community with that religion? Is there well, no good it's interesting. no good people with that religion? No, Kim, that's not what I'm saying, but it's kind of built I in. I know, but I'm just it's saying. Studies, studies have shown that people who don't have a church community to lean on are just generally more anxious and unhappy. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I really need to know about all these religious people shooting things up and how happy they are. No, but you don't. You That's not, you know what I mean, overall. I mean. You, I know. I don't. I'm telling you. It's just it's just that that people have been psychologically profiled and they might be lying. But generally, people in churches generally are happier and less anxious and less depressed than. So part of me wishes, you know, that I was, you know, a believer in a church community because it would be you get to network a lot and they support each. I mean, on the economic level, you get business, you know, you get clients and you get business. So if you're not, you have to build your own networks. And um, it's just, it's we, not that, we, it's not that you can't, build. yeah, yeah. It's just kind of built in in a church. That's all I'm saying. It's that there's an automatic community that supports itself, assuming it's a functioning, non-dysfunctional non, uh, church or community. Okay, that's a big assumption, but okay. No, no, I'm not saying it is an assumption. It's studies, studies, important studies. Have I been know done that by you're important talking people. about studies, although yeah. studies. There's been a collapse of religion in this country, in yeah. the U.S., there has been, and I'm not sure it's been for the best. I don't know. I don't know if like complete secularism and worship of materialism and. Um, I mean, that's not. Wait, you. wait a minute, wait a minute. What I as long as you're not equating that to anything that I've said, Jen, it's fine. I'm but not, like, I've, I've, I've literally not called for any of that. Also, I'm a secular and I don't worship material. I mean, if anything, religious people could, in the United States could be argued to worship materialism even more than secular people. But OK. All right. We want to we want to hear your thoughts on these. We want to hear your thoughts on these very lightweight topics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Religion, politics, you know, those are always the best things to <laughs> history of the world yes. of which I'm, you know, only mildly familiar to be honest. Genghis Khan <laughs> pulled out of the hat. Like I I would like to take a world history class because sometimes it feels like we're all talking from a somewhat limited view. Um Thank you for we're, coming we're to our limited, some some of the you know <laughs> we're all limited, but uh we're all educated people, and um, I try not to just spout out about things that I don't know about. And I have a personal point of view, just like each of you, and I'm going to argue it, and I'm going to use the things that I do know to support it. I don't think there's anything, you know, weird about that. Oh, I don't. You can't know it all, but um, I am a student of history, and uh, so there. I knew more history in some ways beyond um, the past, I don't know, 300 years. I wish I knew a little further back. Like, yeah, that's something I wish I could draw on more floridly than I do because I'm I'm have a very superficial understanding of it. And I just like to make shit up. I find these. Oh, yeah. And of course. Camila is a pathological liar. Um, so, you know, sometimes I feel somewhat limited in how I can I can argue points because I don't always have the knowledge. Here's the I think theory. that I think that what you a part of what you're saying, Jen, is that you have and you have a feeling that 
all of the conversations that we have are very limited to our own time and space and they're not put in the proper context of the all of the scope of human history which I, I think, sure I is true in some I think in some, to some is, degree yeah that's true and I think history is very 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 influenced by the time that it's in yeah but we're in the time that it's in so okay. I mean you know that's it's relevant and the time that we're in is the end of this podcast out of it yeah <laughs> We've, this half the episode has now hit the one hour mark. Great it's job. now a double. Yes. Kim challenged us to keep it to 30 minutes. Well, we failed spectacularly. You are the timekeeper. Yes. You. The, it's not my fault. The prob, The fault is of the fucked up world that we're in right now. That's, That's what I blame. Oh, this well. fucked up world is giving us too much crap to talk about. Um, okay. And Send we didn't us. talk about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. No, not even. No, but I'm not up to date. So it's okay. Save it till next time. Um, and I want to get all the updates. It'll be, uh, well, next week. I think this is the last week of their trial. Their trial yeah. has lasted six months. I thought it was six weeks. I think it's six weeks. It feels like it's. It does feel <laughs> like it's been going on forever because it was already being litigated on online before it even so started. I but... feel like every time I go online, there's like an endless parade of videos I'm being told to click on, like, <laughs> you know. They're, um, they're all uh, like, Amber Heard is a harpy devil bitch. Like, that's uh, what they all say. That's the box. That's yeah, the, or it's the like box. Johnny Depp's lawyer owns Amber Heard. I mean, it's just like, my yeah, God. Yeah, no, but they're, they're all very anti-Amber Heard. Like, all of them. Like, 100%. You, are you pro-Amber? We want to hear from you if you're pro-Amber Heard at Halfway There, the No, not at, just Halfway There, the podcast at gmail.com, right? Well, we haven't talked about it yet. I mean, we no. can hear from them, okay. but... Yeah, we, but then we can share people's uh, opinions on while okay. we discuss it. I okay. am out I mean, from heard after being bombarded by the bots they've done i've done the exact opposite of what they wanted yeah the bots are not not great um we have a patreon if you want to hear uh more uh imperialist colonialist uh viewpoints which we all do yeah we're at halfway there the podcast on the things and we have a patreon at halfway there the podcast if you like to donate uh we'd like to welcome our newest Patreon donor, another Tina. Wow. I, I don't want to say Tina too. I don't want to say the second Tina. I don't want to rank them. So just, uh, you know, what? what's what, her last name initial? Good question. I can't, Off the top of my head, I'm not sure. She could be just Missouri Tina. No, she's Kansas Tina. She's actually Kansas Tina. She's on that side of the border. Okay, great. Uh, Thank you, so. Tina. Thank you, Tina. Tina. Thank you so much, Tina. Um, We really appreciate it. And your Keep It Perky t-shirt is going to be in the mail real soon. How awesome. Awesome. Okay, well, this has been fun. And I feel like... (laughs) That's the least convincing... Um, (laughs) That in a very perky way, maybe you should lead us off with telling them what they should keep it. (laughs) Keep it. Keep it. I don't know. Keep your wits about you people <laughs> out there. Um, and I need to, I feel like I need to go diving for like a bunch of history Wikipedias. Cause get, get to that pool, do some laps, you know, let it all out. 
Yeah. Um, and keep it perky. Talk about UFOs. Yeah, keep it perky. Keep it perky. Keep it perky. This was a half-baked there. A half-seas episode of Halfway There. Use it to scare off a bear. Or don't. Like, we don't care.